Take Friday in 40 minutes. Dominic's ready. Mackenzie's ready. Chris Easterling, hopefully going to be ready, although he's not sticking around that long. We're going to talk to him here next. But have your hot takes ready. Can be about anything. Sports, movies, food, TV, books. Uh, Definitely not. No. We're not doing... No. Please. No political conspiracy you know theories kidding, for Hot right? Take Friday. I don't know, man. It's an election year. I don't know what you got up your sleeve. You might just pull something out, trying to steal the show, hijack things. I have no idea what you're going to do. G- GP knows my government conspiracy theories. Oh, God. I don't know if I want to know. With all that said... We don't need to go down that rabbit hole. We go out to the North Olmstead Chrysler Jeep Dodge Ram hotline. He, of course, covers the Cleveland Browns for the Akron Beacon Journal and does a tremendous job doing so. Friend of the show, Chris Easterling. Stop it on by. Chris, how's it going, my man? How are you? I am uh, doing well. Uh, I am, as I was the last time I spoke with you on, on air, uh, wistfully wishing I was in Southern California instead <laughs> of... Looking outside at snow, but uh, well, hey, at least uh, at least a couple weeks ago, you got the groundhog not seeing his shadow. So spring's supposed to come a little earlier, you know. Yeah, if you sure. believe in that I kind mean, of thing. I, I've lived in Ohio just about let's see, forty three of my forty six years on this earth. So uh, no, I don't believe <laughs> in that. Well, we can all be hopeful, you know. We'll, we'll, it's all, I actually, are, I actually thought we might be turning the corner last week. There was there was a couple of days last week that was like high fifties. I was like, man, this, this you know is, what it is? It's it's like the Browns with Deshaun Watson. Every time you think you're turning the corner, you're <laughs> you run into a brick wall. That is the best analogy I've heard today. And, and since since you brought it up, I, I have a, I have a theory that I want to run by you because Andrew Barry said at the Senior Bowl a couple weeks ago, I, th- I think you said to Zach Jackson of The Athletic, obviously, and um, Zach asked him point blank, like, is it in the cards again this offseason to restructure Deshaun's deal? And Barry's response was, well, we don't have to do that. We don't feel like it's a necessity um, to necessarily do the things that we want to do. Daryl was on one of the shows yesterday talking about how he's actually team don't necessarily kick the can down the road this time around and try to take some of that money off the books. And, and my theory is that Barry basically admitting that they don't necessarily have to do that could potentially be a peek behind the curtain that maybe like some of us on the outside, there is a little bit of worry that Deshaun may not get back to being that player. And because of that, they can't theoretically you know, go into this deal and continue to kick money down the line without full guarantee that there's going to actually be some sort of extension tacked on to the end of it. Yeah, I mean, look, I mean, they see what they see. You know, they have to see what we see. And he's played 12 games for the football team Yeah, in two years. And, well, let's go through this year. You know, last year, we'll say, or 2022, his first year, we'll, we'll push that to the side as what it, for what it, what it was. This year it was meh start, bad start, great start, out for a month with shoulder injury. Then great start against a bad team in Arizona, bad half in Baltimore, great half in Baltimore, done for the season. There's no consistency there. There's no consistency that's been developed. And, you know, I've joked with the people that, you know, if they keep pushing money down there, it's going to be, it's going to be the football equivalent of the Bobby Vanilla uh, deal. (laughs) 
2046 to be going to be like, yeah, we still got to drop $2 million here for Deshaun Watson. He's <laughs> been out of the league for 20 years. So, uh, I mean, yeah, I mean, I, I fully believe that. I'm, I mean, I think they're looking at various ways without, like you say, continuing to kick the can down the road that, you know, how, how other ways can we free up room to to improve this roster because this is, I mean, you're miles and you got miles in your prime. You're catching, you know, you only got, I mean, I, I mean, Murray's going to be 30 next year yeah. or next season. You know, you're going to be, you know, there's just, I mean, there's just a, you have to strike now. They know they have to strike now. And, you know, you know, you're not going to get saved by, you know, Somebody like Joe Flacco coming off the, you know, coming off the couch and, you know, winning you four games down the stretch in December. So I mean, you, at some point he's, you, at some point he's going to have to be the guy to save you, as an offense. And I'm just waiting to see that. I, I, I'm not yeah. saying it can't happen, but I just need to uh, call me a doubting Thomas. Uh, <laughs> but, but. I'm just going to have to see the consistency and there's no benefit of the doubt until I see that consistency anymore. There just can't be. And I have to believe in that organization. There has to be a level of that because they're too, they seem to be too pragmatic a group of people to not all not realize that, Hey, they see it as well. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, that, that's a really good point, the, the, them being pragmatic and understanding what's kind of happening in front of them. And even if they don't admit it publicly, internally, you'd have to think they feel that way, which I also like the answer because you uh, you agree with me on my, my, my theory here. I, I guess off of that conversation, too, how concerned should people be or the, or the franchise be with the, with the shoulder injury that he's coming back from? Because I have racked my brain, done Google search after Google search to find somebody who had a similar injury, the glenoid fracture, and came back and played. There's very, very few instances that this has even happened, I feel like, in sports that I can find, let alone a quarterback who had happened to his throwing shoulder. So how concerned are you that that could even be something that that hinders him moving forward and, and he's not the same guy because of this specific thing? Immensely. I mean, that's, that, I mean, that guy goes back to the, the you, know, you know, being a doubting Thomas is that – this, I mean, every answer they give is vague when, you know, and, and that's their prerogative. Yeah. I mean, it, it, especially when it's January, I mean, when they've been, you know, when they were answering questions in January about it, you know, they can be vague about it, but you got to, I mean, part of it is you can't protect him from getting hit because that's part of his game. Yeah. Right. Is, yeah. Isn't that you know, and, and part of what it seems like they're trying to do? Like, you, like you're bringing Ken Dorsey. It seems like that's part of his game. They want to utilize more. Right. Because that's. I mean, those are the type of quarterbacks Ken Dorsey's worked with. Cam Newton, Josh Allen, guys who, you know, could throw the ball, but also, you know, their legs are are valuable parts of the uh, valuable parts of their you know of, of their repertoire. So, you know. I, I, I've got to see it. I mean, it's, you know, and, and I've got to see it in games. This, watching him in April and May and OTAs and in June and 
in mini camp and, and, and in training camp, that's not going to cut it this year. It just can't. We, you know, we got all, I mean, it just can't. I mean, we have to see it in games consistently from week one to week two to week three. I'm not saying he throws for 300 yards every game. I'm not saying any of that. I'm just saying, can he look like a consistently top half of the league quarterback? Because if he can't consistently look like a top half of the league quarterback, you, you've made the worst trade in the history of the NFL, and you are not, you're not going anywhere in the AFC as it's currently constructed because guess who's gonna, who should be back next year? Joe Burrow. Guess who's still in the league? Patrick Mahomes, Lamar Jackson, Josh Allen. Look at that schedule next year. Yeah. You know, they benefited this past year. And, I, you know, you play who you play. You know, injuries happen in the NFL. You know, schedules break the way they do. They're playing an absolute murderer's row of quarterbacks. You need this. The defense, I expect the defense to still be good. But it's, I don't expect it to be historic levels like it was last year. So there's going to be a little bit of regression. So your defense isn't just going to save you like it did so many times this past season. You need four in this offense to go win you some games and go win you some games against some big-time quarterbacks who are in their prime. Chris Easterling of the Akron Beacon Journal joining us. Uh, you can follow him on X at C Easterling ABJ. I don't think I've asked you yet who you think should be calling plays next year. Kevin Stefanski. I agree. I I, I was open to it with some of the candidates, but I'll be honest, you know, and, and look, I'm willing to be uh, – I'm always willing to go with an open mind. I'm always willing to allow myself to be, to change my mind based on evidence that comes out further down the road. Yeah. But I'll take Kevin Stefanski over Ken Dorsey right now Same. on February, whatever today is. Um, but right now, I, I think with the last time I was on, we talked about this. I just think there's this perception of Kevin as a play caller that has been developed by this fan base over the first four years. And this fan base makes up its mind and it's hard to change their minds once they've made up their mind. I think he did a, for the most part, a pretty good job as a play caller this past year, not perfect by any stretch, but did a solid job as a play caller. And I'd like to see that continued but what, you know, but working off of some new ideas, some fresh ideas in that offensive staff room. Let's see how they can maybe collectively come up with a new, you know, a different scheme to maximize the what they have in Deshaun, what they have in other other whatever other uh, weapons they have on this team by the time they get to the season, and let Kevin let Kevin do his thing. That's why you hired him. Was because of his, you know, because of him as an offensive mind. Let's see what he can do with some fresh, you know, some fresh ideas in that room, and and and, and give it a whirl. Just because I think he still think he's the best option in that room. Obviously, 
uh, quarterback. I, sh- I shouldn't say quarterback aside because this is part of the, this this next question. But we know next season hinges a lot on Deshaun Watson and, and and how he plays. But after watching the Chiefs go win the Super Bowl again on on Sunday and kind of how they did it, really really good defense and then just again elite quarterback play from from the maybe the best in the game right now. How close are the Browns? You think to catching or competing like on that stage with a team like the Kansas City Chiefs? I'll be honest. I think there's exactly one team currently in the NFL that I believe can consistently compete with the Kansas City Chiefs at that level, and that's the Bengals when they have a healthy Joe Burrow. Seems like that's the one, yeah. I, I just – they are the one team. That's not to say the Browns in a one-game situation, if they get great play out of this – great consistent play out of Deshaun this year, they improve some They improve some of the skill positions around them. You know, they, they, you know, they figure out the line, you know, questions that they're going to have, especially a tackle, that they can't – they can't do it. I, I, I'm not saying there's no hope. That's not what I'm saying, but – if you're telling me, asking me, uh, because I was thinking about this on, you know, on Super Bowl Sunday as I, as I was watching Mahomes, and Mahomes is in everybody's head. Beyond just, he, he's sort of where Brady was. Yeah, there's sort of an, uh, an inevitability to him when he has the ball in big moments and big games, and the only quarterback who's been able to to take them down in that situation that's still active is Joe Burrow. And so now, I mean, Browns fans are screaming at the radio, well, yeah, but what's Burrow's record against the Browns? Yeah, I mean, but you asked me about Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs. So that's my long-winded answer to say, I need to see if, if Deshaun doesn't get back to being a top half of the league quarterback, Quite frankly, back to being a top ten level quarterback, I just don't think you have a shot. I just think that's that's the level upon which Mahomes and the Chiefs currently are. Chris, last thing for you to get you out of here. Um, last Thursday, sweeping the awards that they were nominated for. I know Stefanski will sit there and say, "Ah, oh, I don't really care about these types of things," and. Um, you know, the team, even Miles at times was like, yeah, that's cool, but I, I, you know, I want, I want more than this. And they, they all kind of downplay it. But how much do you think those things mean to this organization, especially coming from where they came from not so long ago, you know, one in 30, 31 over two seasons and all that? It, it has to mean something inside that building, no? No, you, I mean, whenever you, uh, you're playing, you're playing for a different trophy, obviously. You know, Miles even said it. You know, and yeah. it, it, it walked off his uh, his speech by saying it. But at the same time, there's nothing wrong with you know taking some pride and being recognized for what was a really good season. I mean, they did go eleven. You know, look, the playoffs were a disaster for them. Let's call it what it was. They lost by 31 to a rookie quarterback. You know, a team that was you know picking second in the draft last April. That said, it was still a great season, and to get some recognition for that is awesome. But I think at the same time, it's tempered by the fact of those are all nice, 
but again, those are the trophies. That's not the trophy we want. We have to now build on that because all it does is raise the bar going into this season for what's expected or what's hoped for, I should say. He's Chris Easterling. He covers the Cleveland Browns for the Akron Beacon Journal. Again, follow him on on, on X at C Easterling ABJ. Chris, you know I always appreciate your time. I'm sure we'll have plenty more of these conversations uh, coming up this offseason. But I also hope I get to see you in person here a little bit in a little bit as well. So take care of yourself. We'll, we'll touch base again soon. 